Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I am Weasel from Foot Max Nation. This is an hour-long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football. With me, Adriana Terrazos in Mexico City. You know her from To The N. Adriana, how are you doing? It is so great to talk to you. Be on the pod, me and you. We haven't done this in a long time. How are you? I know. We haven't done this in a really long time. So I'm, I'm glad we finally found the time. Um, traffic didn't avoid from this happening. Um, yeah, yes. lots of talk. There's, there's, there's good stuff to talk about today, and there's not so good stuff to talk about today. So it yeah, makes, we'll, we'll get it makes for that. a discussion yeah. for sure, which we didn't have to talk about. We're gonna, you know, kind of jump in. There's celebration, and there's kind of like, oh my gosh, it happened, and you'll get to hear all about that. Um, but we're just jump right in with the big question of the night. How would you describe the season that Mr. Cracklitos Bella has had with LAFC? Adriana, since there's nobody else, you could just jump right in. <laughs> I was actually thinking you could describe it. You know how Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, mm. like whenever he scored like in Camp Nou or something like that, he would just like run and just like shush everybody. That's Carlos Vela right now. He's like shushing everybody. Like you guys said, oh. I shouldn't be here in MLS. You guys said this would be a failure. You guys said I wouldn't do well. Look at me, and so I'm, I'm thinking I, of Carlos Vela like shushing everybody. Did people really say he shouldn't do well? I, I'm gonna, I'll pick at that one because it was mostly, and I'll play the devil's guy because the people said was like, "Hey, what are you doing there? You're too good for that league." And mo- a lot of the people are saying it's like they're kind of not giving him the credit because he was almost top three in La Liga behind Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi at one point with Real Sociedad. Of course, he should he should be killing it in, in a league that is you know not as good as the MLS. Yeah, but I mean, people were kind of thinking that it would affect him. It wasn't ah. going to be like it was going to like lower his level. It wasn't going to be um, something that actually asked for for his best uh, performances. It was going to be like, oh, it's going to be so easy for you. It's going to make you like a worse kind of like Giovanni, kind of like Rooney. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah. So I, I think that was it. Twenty goals in Rooney I mean, score. Because I mean, we all knew yeah, I mean, we all knew he could do well, but it, we, it was just like, oh, you're, you're too good, and this is like the easy way to end your career or something. But yeah. I'm glad he shushed everybody. Um, I, I, I was excited, uh, even from the very beginning, right? Looking at how many goals he was scoring in the first 10 games, in the first 15 games, and seeing, wow, mm-hmm. he can actually be... I think it'd be awesome out of you know this, this league that's been going on since the 90s, and that all these superstars have gone in there, right? Um, players that ha- are amazing, that have won World Cups, that are an elite, you know, status, that go to MLS. And I realize, you know, the Rooney's, Kakas, David Diaz, even Mr. Slatan himself, who were uh, amazing players, I would say better than, that had better careers than Carlos Vela, could not do what Carlos Vela did. And it just kind of gives you that, yes, you're right, you know, he, he, he went to that league, but... Kaká didn't do that. Look at who Kaká was, or Wayne Rooney, or David Villa. The way you know people were expecting this guy to score so many goals, like he did in La Liga, and he he didn't do it, and, and Carlitos did. Yeah, great. I mean, it, I think it also has to do with the fact that clubs started gaining so much more experience as the league um, just get, like advanced and had more years under its belt, and mm-hmm. just started seeing that it wasn't only just bringing in a really good player and assuming that that would that would be it. I mean, I think if you look at, at LAFC as a whole, you really do have a really well-rounded team. Um, I really don't think Carlos could have done it like on his own and just be like, oh, screw it, I'm, I'm going to score some goals and despite whatever team I have. I really do think that they thought of how they constructed the team really well. Um, and you can see that there's also great chemistry between them. Yeah. And I think that's also key for like tons of teams because you can have a really good player, but if he doesn't get along with his teammates, it, it's like if he didn't exist. Or you have on the other side of... Uh of Los Angeles, a player that just kind of, uh, not that he doesn't get along with his teammates, but Slatan. I mean, I, I would think everyone's just kind of afraid of the guy uh, <laughs> in the way that he is, but we won't, we won't do any comparison to that. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I put a, I put a, uh, a Twitter meme, kind of a meme yesterday of Homer Simpson looking at the sky with his Mexico shirt, with his Mexico flag on, just looking at Carlos Vela, kind of sad. Right. And, and I put that on there. That's, that's all of us Mexican um, fans, um, because you kind of just wonder what Carlos Vela would be in the national team. And I get it. It's, it's, it's a topic that we keep talking about and let go, but he does this and you're just kind of like, man, I'm happy for you, but like, we, we, we kind of need you, but I get it. 
I mean, and the and the way he answered one of the questions yeah. at the press conference afterwards, it was kind of going on that subject. He was like, "I'm not going to take any decision that has anything to do with anybody else except me, except me mm-hmm. and my career." So again, it's like if I don't want to go to a national team, if I want to play in the MLS, whatever I want to do with my career, it's mine, and I have no reason whatsoever to listen to what everybody else has to say because this is my choice. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we're obviously missing him, and just looking at him and break all the records and play as as well as he has, um, it obviously it obviously stings um, when you look at that and you're like, damn it, we have such a good player and he won't play for the national team. It's like. Uh, I don't know. It's it's terrible for us. But but on the other hand, I mean, um, yesterday his game was just a bit after um, Chicharito was playing with Sevilla against yeah. Barcelona. I mean, you, I, I saw so many people were screaming when Carlos Vela scored because we were all aware of the goal. We were all aware of what was at stake. Um, and it's, it's just something that we haven't seen. Um, we don't usually see, at least maybe with Chicharito or with Chucky. It's just that Vela has been so consistent with his scoring and some of the other players have, they've had ups and downs. So I think that's what we appreciate even more from Vela. Yeah. Well, we'll think of the type of score of, of forwards that we do have. We don't have a type of Carlos Vela. The guy, I was looking at all his goals, they're outside the box. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a guy that comes in and it's like, um, he's going to hit it with his left foot and curl it in on the right side of the keeper. I mean, <laughs> most of the time, that's those are his goals. and. <laughs> Pause for, for, for laughter and joy. The fact that it was Mr. Tim Howard who took three goals from a Mexican player. Again. I had to do a story on that. Yeah. I had to do a story on that. I was like, oh no. I mean, the best. I mean, well, come I the best, but- it's hilarious that it's Tim <laughs> Howard. I mean, when he scored that first one, he was hitting the ground. Flashbacks of yeah. Giovanni Dos Santos 2011, four, you know, that goal, the goal last one, him just hitting the ground. Like, why is this happening to me? It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my God, he's gonna hate us now even more, isn't he?" The, and it's his um, last game. They, it was his, last game. It's his yeah. last game ever. Get three goals, not only that, but by Carlos Vela. Oh my gosh! I know. At first, I was like, "Okay, Giovanni." Yeah, we were already winning three to two, but still, I mean, it was four to two. It was like a done deal, Gold Cup final, which he eventually did win <laughs> with the U.S. Mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. at that point, he did, and now his last game, and then another Mexican player comes forward and has this amazing goal. I mean, especially Carlos's second goal like, um, was was amazing, like the bicycle kick. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. So I was like, oh man, poor Tim Howard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know those highlights of the historic season by a player. It's got the record. It's like that's it. It's going to be Tim Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Digressing a little one, bit, isn't it kind of funny how the two biggest co- goalkeepers for Mexico and U.S. just suffer? Like, yeah. I know Memo Choa and all the things that are happening right now. We'll talk about Medica Cruz Azul, right? But but it's funny how you elevate them in such a status, but then it's like, man, they've how great they are, how Memo was in Brazil, or how Tim Howard was against Belgium in those in those games, right? You they There are some low points that you just kind of go, this sucks. Memo seven zero or Tim Howard's four um, two, you know, or this this last game, you just kind of go. No matter how high it is, there could always be a really low point. It doesn't matter. So it's kind of funny. I think everyone would have thought it could have been that that four to two final in twenty eleven. Then all of a sudden, I mean, I think we were all expecting Carlos to score at least one goal. One I goal. Mean, yeah, and even yeah, I'm like, that, oh my like, gosh, two 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 games ago, I was like, oh, uh, you know, you better better score this one. And did it? I'm like, okay, he only has one more, and then here comes Slatan. Yeah. Now Slatan's done. And the, and then also, I mean, Slatan had scored by that point. I mean, he had a really early goal, so I was like, oh my god, what if Slatan scores twice? Then they're going to be tied, and then Carlos is not going to know about this because obviously no one's going to tell him because they don't want to pressure him. So it was oh, everything was just him. coming along. Slatan like, just oh, scored wow. two. You need to score one more. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I it was just amazing. I do think. Um, though that um, LAFC kind of played to make sure that Carlos scored. Oh yeah, I mean everything, every hmm. single ball ended up in Carlos's feet. And and even when he scored three goals, I'm like, I I tweeted to you. I mean, I messaged you guys on our little messenger that we have. I'm like, uh, it's minute seventy five. They have a playoff. Why is Carlos Vela still? He's got a high trick already. Why is he still playing? Yeah, like I get it. I get it. He already had it. He's up by two. He's got the goal. Um, he could get injured right now. I was a little bit like, I even, you know, like Bob is Bob, and he didn't take him <laughs> out. And I think it's mostly Carlos not wanting to come out either. Um, well, the last time he did, um, which was probably like a month and a half ago, I remember injured. he was really, really angry when he was and sent he was, off the field. And then he was yeah. injured for like three games, two games or something. So yeah, 
I mean, there's there's reasons, but uh, he was having a lot of fun. Towards the end, he he was he was passing a little more. Even me, even even I was a little selfish. If I was like, come on, come on, why are you passing it? <laughs> you know, but like, just let's do another one. So let's make sure no one ever breaks this record, okay? Because I don't see another another person. That, you know, I don't know. Maybe Chicharito could come in and. But the calorie that Bella is, it, it's all, it, it's it's good to celebrate. And I know people are mad and who cares? It's the MLS. I don't want anything to do with him. But it's, I don't know, watching this kid since two, 2005 and the way that he got the golden boot in, in the U17, then going to Arsenal, and then, you know, up and down with the national team, uh, and then in Real Sociedad. Um, the, we interviewed uh, fans in Real Sociedad, and I didn't know how much he was loved there until he left and got a chance to interview like 10 Real Sociedad fans that were crying. They're like, this guy was our guy. He was, you know, he was the guy that was going to get us to the next level, and it was like, wow. And and then now, you know, what he's doing at LAFC, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I, I, I think it's a phenomenal career. I was actually remembering, um, I once read a story of what would happen if he played, like, reverse. If he started off in the MLS and then went to Real Sociedad and then switched around and ended up in Arsenal, how his career would have been if it, like it went the, the other way around. Yeah, like the other direction. <laughs> and then winning a World Cup. And then hey, winning a World Cup. I, it's, it's a perfect, yeah. It's that, perfect. That, that's a storyline right there. <laughs> by the, genius. By, <laughs> By the way, I actually, um, like a couple hours ago, when I was taking the subway, I actually saw a guy with an LAFC shirt. So In Mexico. This, in Mexico City, yeah. So if this is any proof that MLS is doing things correctly and well, is growing, I mean, you just don't see on like on a Monday an LAFC shirt like in the middle of Mexico City. That's that cool just shirt. didn't happen before. That's a really cool shirt. That's yeah, a cool I, shirt. I, I, it's an awesome shirt. Yeah, but They're, I mean, usually people will buy, I mean, they're really expensive. So then they? people will buy like America or Cruz Azul or whatever. Um, especially after Cruz Azul won on the weekend, which we'll mm -hmm, talk about. Mm -hmm. But usually, the, like, those are the jerseys you're expecting to see, like, on a Monday. Um, but yeah, so slowly you start seeing this MLS um, fever getting here. So I, I think it's pretty cool for MLS. Guys, for those of you that just keep tweeting at us, like, who cares about MLS? Who guys? It's here. It's like just embrace it. Is it? We're not. We're not saying it's going to be the M It's going to be an MLS show, but it's 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 good to talk about. You know what happened, Carlos Vela. I I have to add that even before LAFC had his the black and gold, I've always loved a black and gold. That 2011 shirt with Mexico on it. It was uh, it was black and gold, and it has red stripes on the top. It was my favorite Mexico shirt. In fact, way before Food Mex Nation was Food Mex Nation, um, it was called Food Mex Source, and my logos are all black and gold. Uh, so, I, so as soon as the LAFC kind of colors come, I'm like, dang, those 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 are nice. So, I don't have random a jersey. Random comment, by the random way, did comment. you see Italy's new jersey today? No, no, no. Oh, it's beautiful. It's green. <laughs> what? For the second time in its history, Italy has a green jersey, uh, and I mean. People at, at at like the like Femex Food have to put like I, like get to work. Who or something. is it? That's who, a really who is cool. It? Is it Nike jersey. or is it is it Adidas? Um, they have Puma. Um, Italy green jersey. I'm looking at it right now. No. Oh, here we go. Whoa, 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 whoa! The, the paleta green. Is that? It's like it's like it's, a like Mexico flag yeah. green. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at like this really bright green. Maybe there's something. Oh else no, no, I, it's no, not it. It's darker. Okay, okay, it's darker. Okay. And has like like Renaissance um, like I don't know like figures and waves and stuff like that, and the neck is kind of like dark I blue. It. I saw, I see it now. Oh, look at that! Kind of like golden green, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, Italia. I mean, That's come nice. on, people. We need we need a cool Mexico green jersey like now. <laughs> I don't even think we have green jersey right now, right? We have the white. We have, <laughs> we have yeah, the we white have and that black, black one. We have everything except green. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so just random comment. Random comment. Well, I, I give you the random comment about black and white. It's okay. We'll, we'll keep it going. All right. Um, for those of you guys that are listening, how do you feel about the whole you know, Carlos Vela? Tweet at us at, on the Mexican Soccer Show. Um, do you care? Do you not care? It, it, you know, is it something that you're going to go? Are you proud of it? That's the question. Are you proud that Carlos Vela did that? Or do you just go, no? Are you kind of like that bitter ex-girlfriend when, you know, <laughs> your boyfriend graduates and you're like, you know what? I don't care because he's not with me anymore. <laughs> Or, you know, your girlfriend, um, something happened, cheap, something happened. I didn't, I didn't happened. love her that much anyway. Yeah, I didn't love her. You know what? <laughs> she, she left me and you just kind of bitter. You don't want to see him happy. Or do you just kind of go, you know what? We didn't work out, but I'm happy for you. As long as I have my significant other. So 
Ah, funny, funny how the relationship between us Mexicans and and who does what to us in our in the national team. Uh, switching it over, Adriana, to uh, the other Mexicans abroad. Um, we'll go with Mr. Raúl Jiménez, who did not score, but his highlights are everywhere on Twitter. It's like they have. I believe the Wolves has like a team that goes whatever Raúl does, speed it up, slow mo right when he does it, and then speed <laughs> it up again, and it's going to be a great tweet. Um, and and all amplify, of Mexi- amplify, amplify, and all of Mexico and all the Mexican American, everybody's gonna go crazy for it. It doesn't matter if he scores or not. He's looking great. Two great assists. Uh, Wolves, a historic win against a great team that uh, nobody thought they could do it. I know they've struggled in the past, but Raúl keeps on. I'm doing great up in the EPL. His team isn't doing as well, but at, at least this win was huge. I, I think confidence-wise, I think that's what I appreciate the most from this game because I did see Wolves kind of struggling. It seemed like though um, rivals knew how to just neutralize them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same Wolves we saw last season, which was just amazing. So I'm really glad that slowly they're gaining confidence. And what, what, how much more confidence could you get after beating Manchester City? I mean, to be honest. Yeah. It's true. I think somebody tweeted out like, hey, you know, why didn't he do this at um, uh, Atletico Madrid? And it's, I mean, I think he had like five games, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we saw what he was doing with America. We saw what he did sometime with the national team. This shouldn't surprise you of, of what he's doing. Um, he, he was more of a number nine type, you know, he gets the ball in the box, you know, back against the wall, back against the... Um, the porteria and then finding a way to score. I mean, he's making runs from halfway. He's taking two or three players out and great assists. This is this is good for Raul, especially what's coming in his career at a perfect time in his career. I was actually trying to remember. I think he scored against all. I think I think he scored against all teams, like all the bigger teams in, in the Premier League, except oh, City. I, really? I think that's. I think City is the one that he's missing. But okay. I mean, well. well it was just as good. I mean, to assist is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, they're good. It was it was a, it was a big win, and he was a part of it because of the, the assist. It and there were, half of it was his goals. I mean, running around and he could have he could have yeah. done it. I mean, if he was JJ Macias, he would have scored. But you know, he's not, <laughs> he's not Macias. We we only need one JJ Macias yeah. in the national team. Sometimes. So yeah, let's just, there you yeah. go. Well, you got you got to have that. Um, switch it up to Mr. Chuki Lozano, who played all ninety minutes there, getting uh, the start and playing fully there with Napoli, who. He isn't doing what we're expecting him to do as far as scoring all these goals. But again, where Ancelotti's playing him in that type of position, almost a number nine, you would have thought he was be scoring more goals. But at the same at the same time, he's getting that playing time, and that's all that matters, right? Or are you a little worried? Uh, I'm starting to be a little bit worried. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually um, looking into the Italian press today, and they're actually concerned, not not specifically about Chucky, but about all three um, forwards that Ancelotti is putting. So it's Insigne and Mertens and Chucky. So they're starting to worry about how ineffective it is, seeing as though it is a pretty amazing um, attack for any team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, 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 I'll be slightly worried if they don't start getting better results like in a couple of weeks. Let's, okay. let's give them two weeks, just okay. just in case. Yeah. I'm writing that down on our, our calendar to talk to them <laughs> about in two weeks to figure out if she... Um, I guess I, I'm, I didn't look at it as... as <laughs> I'm looking at it as a selfish Mexico fan, the fact that he's playing, right? Instead of like, he, the team needs to do well. Uh, many yeah, people... Like, s- maybe not scoring, but at least, I, I mean, making sure that the team yeah. does win. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because they're going to they're gonna fault in and... And the confidence will be there. All right, well, we'll, we'll yeah. come back to Mr. Chucky Lozano and we'll go on about. Um, anybody else, uh, Mexican abroad, that's making weight or... What about, um, what about? I, heard, I heard some rumors that Carlos Salcedo was um, in Olympic de Marseille's interest. So yeah. not quite sure how formal that could be, but it was something that kind of resonated today in, in Mexican press. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's see if any of that happens. I, I find it quite difficult to actually think that he'd um, be back in in Europe or something. But yeah, to, who knows? this is gonna sound a little bit. But would you want him to go play in Olympic? I mean, I guess maybe you, you have Champions League. Yeah. The, the league isn't as amazing as people think it is. The French league, if it's yeah. um, again Champions League is is out there, and of course to have him there and playing in that type of team, but. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't go to France. I don't yeah, know, I, I think if he came back to Liga Max, I think it was there was some 
other like decision behind that. I mean, maybe like a family decision. Oh yeah, or something. he's got a bunch. Of weird so things I, I, I his don't see too. that happening. But it, it was interesting to see um, that he was being talked about in, in France. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Maybe to do something with Mr. Gignac. Maybe, yeah. Put in a good word for him. Put in a good word. Could be, could be, yeah. Okay, okay. Mr. Selfish. Mr. Selfie Gignac. All right. um, Let's switch it over to the Mexican youngsters who beat a really bad Trinidad Tobago. We'll talk about the opponent. But I know you and Amy talked about it in uh, our football podcast a little bit more. We'll just kind of get a high-level overview. A positive result for Mexico. Um, especially with those youngsters um, attacking full force. It felt like a little bit in the first 15, 20 minutes, there, nothing kind of was going in. They should have scored a little more. And then Mr. J. J. Macias kind of took over. Your impression of the youngsters listening to Tata Systems, um, um, answering for the for Mexican national team, and who stood out for you? I think, I mean, first of all, what I appreciate the most is the fact that they somehow managed to get um, a FIFA fr- like a FIFA friendly without it being an unofficial FIFA friendly. They actually managed to get a national team um, disregarding some clubs actually complaining about it, especially Kufre and Atlas saying mm-hmm. that now he has to build his team on whatever the national team wants. Um, so actually taking the time to have a U23, U24 team face an international rival despite the fact that it wasn't Trinidad Tobago's um, senior team either yeah um, but trying to look into like giving these players minutes getting them time to actually get to know Martino and try to make that generational change um, as swiftly as possible I, say, I think um, I really do appreciate that I mean that interest I think that's important I think it kind of goes with the fact that we're doing something wrong when it comes to making sure that our U20 and U17 players, which, who actually do pretty well when it comes to World Cups, kind of like make their way into the senior squad mm-hmm. and make sure that they're also doing uh, just as well. Um, I really like um, I really like Cordoba. I think he's on an amazing run. I think he's had tons of really great experience with America. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do think America has lots to show off to other clubs because they're doing things really, really well with their young players. I mean... You see Lainez, you see Vargas, you see Cordoba. Um, so I, I think something interesting is going on with America um, with their youth, youth system. Um, I like um, Alan Mosso, I think, has been quite consistent mm-hmm. um, as a defender. I kind of worry a bit about the goalkeeping position. I'm not quite sure about <laughs> either one of the goalkeepers. Um, obviously, JJ Macias is just someone we're expecting to just make it to the senior squad really quickly and just stay there. Um, Be- before you kind of keep going, and, yeah. I, and I'm just kind of started thinking about this, and kind of back up, and uh, and then you kind of went on, and I'm listening to you, but then I'm like, hey, I got to ask you this: what when you said, you know, you're you're surprised about the, you know, the teams letting Tata Martino and have this kind of mini camp? <laughs> why do you think that is? You know, why didn't Juan Carlos Osorio or uh, other other managers have what? Tata's had is it because of his hierarchy and who he is and he's demanding it or or is it just kind of the fmf kind of going if we're going to be better and we're going to try to get this generation in the gap or you know transition this is what needs to happen the combination of both it might be both but i somehow feel that this is something that maybe martino kind of like presented when he was Mm -hmm. um when he was first negotiating with with the fmf it was something like if you want me to actually do well in the olympics if you want us to do well in the qualifiers and the world cup this is what needs to happen and i i I like it because it does seem like a four-year-long program i mean it it does seem like something that you're planning way ahead it's not only like oh yeah we'll just like keep on calling like hector herrera and chicharito and well if they're a bit like older in three years or something uh, we'll just see who we call up then I think they're actually looking for, like into the possibility that some of those players might not make it to the World Cup. So you have to start looking into younger players since now. Get to know Martino. Get to know what you can expect of them. Have greater contact with the clubs and see how they're growing, still developing. I'd, I'd like to think that it was mostly Martino. But I think also the FMF was kind of looking into doing something with that as well. Because I actually found, uh, I, was re- I was talking to a colleague about this. I think they're trying to change the youth system here. Um, usually, right now we have a U20 tournament and a U17 tournament for all clubs. All clubs in Liga MX have to have a U20 team and a U17 team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they want to switch it to a U19 and a U21 team. So that's okay. it's like more European style system. 
So it might be because um, what many co coaches have been complaining about, they say many players still can't just jump and make their way from a U20 when they're 21, just make it to the senior squad. Mm -hmm. There's like a step missing. So I guess this also has something to do with all those changes um, that they want to implement to make sure that all that talent in the youth level actually makes its way to the senior team. Makes sense because there is. It's, it feels like Mexican players do great. You 14, 15, we won the, you know, Toulon and come down and then it's kind of like that jump, right? Even, yeah. and I mean, obviously the Olympics that they won in 2012 and maybe that generation, you see those kind of filter out in the national team. But those players that were already kind of in the national team were already getting some minutes there. I think some of those players went, if I'm not mistaken, to that Copa America in Ecuador. Um, and had that time together. And I think if you saw that documentary, the older documentary, those guys were together for a while and they were playing. And But yeah, that that's actually makes sense. Interesting that, that you know, I think they were interviewing Tata Martino and um, he's been doing a lot of interviews, which was a little odd, in fact, with like everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, he's everywhere in the last three days. Um, but he he's he kind of mentioned something that that I wrote down and kind of on notes want to talk about is the the you know we heard Matosa's getting kind of bored with the national team jobs and, and oh he's not bored anymore oh no no he's got tons of work now right <laughs> yeah um and uh and then the, yeah I kind of asked him about it in fact it was it was too then it, it was a it was a it was a show that I was watching. And it was all like a whole hour with Tata Martino, which is amazing just to pick his brain and what he thinks. But one of the things that he did say was he went up to, um, uh, well, they asked him, right? You know, the, the day of the day things, right? What do you do? How do you keep up? Because, you know, then they brought up Mar uh, Matosas and the Aburrido comment. And he, and he said that, you know, it's, it, it can happen. And this is, this is one of the reasons that he's like, you know, I have the opportunity to be with the youth. I, I can go to the car. I can start looking at that. I can be at um, at some of the games. Maybe not go to the games, but watch them and 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 watch tape and all. That. And I I honestly also kind of contribute that is that the guy wants to also keep being busy instead of just okay. It's one once every every other month, and you have the national team and continue that. My question is now: Will he be part of that Olympic squad? Because I know obviously Lozano's there. Yeah. Um, and I, th if, uh, I think he, he will somehow. I, th I think he will. I think they might bring him on board like some kind of like mentor or something because, I mean, I mean Timo Lozano hasn't had that much experience no. coaching any team. So it is kind of risky. I mean, when, when we've had the, the 2012 Olympics, you had Luis Fernando Tena, but he was assistant coach to Chepo. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, there was like a, like a bigger figure behind him, let's say. I mean, it's obviously Tena's, um, it, it was him all the, all the way along. But, but still, you had someone like to talk about and just bounce around num like names and say, is this okay? I mean, I do th think that Lozano would benefit enormously from having, I don't know, Tata somehow, yeah, like a mentor, like assistant coach, someone he could actually say, hey, does this guy seem like he's still Olympic material? Do you think he actually isn't, isn't in his best uh, performance right now? Or so, I don't, I, I think I, if the FMF is doing all this specifically because they're caring so much about the youth system, I mean, you need all the help you can get. So why not call Martino? I'm thinking he's going to go. Uh, you, you know, if... If it's important for Martino to have that success with the youth, yeah. it's, and I, you know, I know Lozano's had the team, but this is Martino's kind of, you know, you know, when he's taking over a team, it's not just a national team; it's everything. Mm -hmm. It's like he's doing it now. Why not? Why wouldn't he want to go over there? Having talks with Lozano, this is what I want to do. This is what you can start working. Where I'm working with this with the Nations League, you're working with these guys, and it's kind of the same guys almost. And yeah. then here comes the Olympic qualifiers. I'll take over, and you'll be there. And what? What great way for Lozano to also, you know, learn from this guy who had, who's had an amazing career, and then let's say they are successful, and he was there, he was just, you know, part of the coaching staff, and now he's ready to take a team. So I think I think it'd be good. I hopefully he does. And they're kind of overlapping because I mean now Martino called like last week with Trinidad he called up like U twenty four players, but you had like. U23, U22, U21 players. I mean, I actually remember one of the uh, one of the call-ups he had for a mini camp. He had, um, I think it was Eugenio Pisuto, and I think he's 17 years old. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he has really young players. And now, um, coming into the Nations League, he is going to play with a 50-50 squad. I mean, like a 50% 
uh, more senior squad guys and 50% um, guys like younger guys that are trying to make their way into mm-hmm. the senior squad. So yeah, maybe some of them age-wise, you could just have them for the Olympics, and then whenever that ends, they'll be joining um, the qualifiers for the World Cup. Um, you st- again, you can have three older, pl- three players that are over 23 in the Olympics. So it would be great to know Martina's like input on who do you think those players should be. Yeah, interesting to see on who that. And uh, I guess kind of talking about that, right? We have uh, the nation leagues who just kind of sneaks up. Like I don't think anybody really looked at the calendar and. All of a sudden, Trinidad and Tobago was was there, and then now the Nations League with the two games that are coming up. Um, but just kind of like you mentioned, um, a lot of people didn't think he was going to bring some of those Europeos. And now looking at, you know, Irvin Lozano, um, Jesus Corona, with Juan Macias, you know, with Jesus Godinez, Alexis Vegas with Chivas, and now we're starting to see maybe thanks to the Nations League, but players like Michael Fabian is there too, Jairo Torres, Ivan Rodriguez, um, Eric Aguirre, um, and then, you know, the the Nestor Araujo, um, Miguel Ayun. So it's you're, you're starting to see the, the, the players all coming together. Obviously, some players that he didn't call. Um, how are you seeing this squad coming together for the Nations League and what do you expect? I'm actually quite excited. I, I love it when new players come in. And I really do think that despite the fact that I think no one agrees with the Nations League, I mean, I think everyone thinks we were better off without it. Mm-hmm. Um, it does bring the opportunity, especially for this to happen. I mean, Tata said it. Um, so he, he was so... He was, he, 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 I love the fact that he says what he thinks. He has like no problem saying things as they are. So he was like, yeah, Nations League is terrible. Um, the fact is that we want to play against better rivals, but we are that better rival for some of the other CONCACAF nations. So it just goes to show that, yeah, we'd love to play the Netherlands all the time, but I'm pretty sure they, they might not want to play Mexico all the time. They want to play Spain. They want to play true. England. They want to play Germany. I mean, people don't think about, like, it's like, we all, we should play better players. You realize that people don't want to play us? Like, Mexico again? <laughs> It, it's yeah. in, in the U.S. In the U.S. No, I mean, granted, everybody wants to play in the U.S. And in fact, I've I've said this before, and I get a lot of crap from it. We wouldn't be playing Argentina or Chile or Uruguay if it wasn't for playing in the U.S. Yeah. We weren't playing those teams before the sum contract. I get it. People don't like it. Molero, it's all about money. But if you look at those teams that we played before the sum contract, it wasn't like teams were raising their hands to come play at the Azteca or in Querétaro, Toluca. You know, they the it attracts better teams. And granted, maybe sometimes they don't take advantage because of the scheduling and all that. But that's that's another conversation altogether. Yeah, but I mean, the way that is looking into it, he's like, okay, we have to do this. There's no way around it. Um, instead of calling up all those players abroad and from their European clubs and everything, just be like, never mind that. I'm going to use like these players. I already had a week working with them mm-hmm. and start just giving them a chance with the senior squad. I mean, what better experience could these guys have than actually playing with the other guys that are playing in Europe? So I, I think that was really wise. I think it's somehow like looking at the glass half full and just saying, we're just going to make the best out of it. And I'm actually pretty excited to see um, what the, whatever that starting lineup is um, this Friday against Bermuda. I mean, just to see, who he's considering in what positions and where he still wants that more experienced player or when he, where he's actually willing to take a risk and be like, okay, never mind. Um, instead of having Hector Herrera as a, as a, in the midfield, we're going to go with, um, with Jefecito Rodriguez or something like that. So I'll, I'll be interesting to see where he's actually going to take a chance um, yeah. playing with the younger players. Yeah, it's how much are, is he going to f- rely on those young players and in what positions? Is it the positions that, you know, that are older and we need some some of the youngsters already start to step up or where we're really heavy just to see who's who's in that line so interesting enough uh mexico versus bermuda in bermuda and then yeah. <laughs> it's one of those it's, it's i kind of like i like the flights i'm not gonna lie i was looking at like all right let's yeah let's, let's, no, that's that's no, i'm just not gonna go it's like it's not like that. <laughs> Much it's funny how to. usually when we, when we play um, in Concacaf, like especially Caribbean teams and such, the first thing we look like we look into is how do you actually get there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're so, gonna. Are they gonna? The players are gonna be in in, in the U.S. No. Yeah, they're um, they're in New Jersey. New Jersey right now, actually. Yeah, they're yeah. already there. They're already there. They're kind of doing their and then they're going down to yeah to Bermuda. And then go down to Bermuda. <laughs> and then the next um, game. Tuesday in the Estado Azteca. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. 
It's actually Martino's first game at the Azteca. Yeah, Isn't that weird? I mean, I, I feel like he's been here, like, not forever, but, like, a really long well, time. Well, it was, was like, his oh, first wow, game. It was his first game in Mexico in Toluca in, in, in the Mexico yeah. Diaz. I was looking at that, you know, finally, Tuca, amiga Tuca. Tata Martino plays in Mexico. I'm like, you're right. He hasn't played a single game in Mexico. Granted, it's the Gold Cup and then some games, whatever. But first game in the Azteca. Yeah, that's kind of odd. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sadly enough, it's a Tuesday. I would have loved for it to be a Friday because that way he could have done like the, the, like this full stadium and stuff like that. I really don't think they'll have the best attendance. Um, Are you going to go to the game? On a Tuesday. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. Nah. Nah, not really. I'll, I'll save that for like the U.S. or Costa Rica or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Tom Marshall. Mr. Tom Marshall will be there for sure. Uh, it's yeah. just in the middle of the week. I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, it's like a weird day. If wait, it were a Friday, it would be amazing. Panama, That's right? Like really cool. Yeah, Panama. Okay, I was, I was trying to think. I'm like, wait, who are you, who are you playing? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll see. It'll be, it's the last two games of the year, and then there are no more, no more national teams. So for all you guys that complain that we play all these moleros, and right, we were not going to play until next year. And since you're listening on, I'm thinking this is – no one knows. I believe we're going to have a game in January. So as soon as I get that confirmation, Mexico will already play in January. And then the next games will be in March. And then here comes the Nations League. So there's going to be a lot of games That'll be year. really interesting. A game in Jan- I mean, the tournament starts off like the first week of January. I'm, I, it's going to be really weird to see who's willing to loan their players like really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So but that's, I mean, we won't have um, official games, but the the U seventeen World Cup is coming along, and they, they yeah, also have like, official right. list um, today. So Efrain Alvarez again, we're talking about LA people. Okay. <laughs> um, Efrain Alvarez is on that squad. Um, you remember Sebastian Abreu's kid? Um, he was also being mm-hmm. called up. Yeah, like, Loco Abreu. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't make it. <laughs> oh. He's not on the list. Sadly he's, enough, he's I was kind of psyched to, to see um, Abreu Junior. Oh, the Mexican playing, national team. So he's playing in Mexico, huh? Yep. Oh wow. Where's he playing? What what team's he playing for? Um, I think he's playing for is it San Luis? No, that's Turco Mohamed's kid. Um Turco Mohamed's kid in San Luis. I'm trying to remember where Abreu is. No, I think Abreu is actually um in, in Argentina. Um but he has both he has dual citizenship. That's and... why he, he was called up. Yeah. Wait, let me Google that. Isn't Loco Abreu Uruguayo? Yeah, I, I he probably has Argentina. all three, but yeah. He's got an Argentina. All right, well, we'll figure that out. All right, um, before we talk about Liga Amikis, want to give a shout out to um, Amy and also right here Miss Adriana, who had the one year podcast uh, anniversary there with our football podcast a year ago, uh, brainstorming of how this podcast come together. And want to congratulate you, Adriana, and also Amy, who, who's our um, who produces this show and is always, always, uh, you know. Just a helping hand here with um, with all that we do with From Full Mexican Nation, also Mexican Soccer Show, and she's a great part of the team. But also um, the fact that you know it's been a year <laughs> and it kind of went back so quickly. So I definitely want to congratulate you gals um, for what you're doing. Um, I don't get to listen to it as often as I want to, but you guys have something going with it, and I uh, just wanted to congratulate you on the a great year um, that you guys have had on the Our Football Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, um, it's really funny how sometimes we say some things on the pod and then it, they end up happening. Yeah, right? Like, with, like, like people yeah. are listening to you. <laughs> like, like the Federation was listening to you. I know. So um, hopefully they'll keep on listening and we'll come up with even better ideas and stuff that should be happening or stuff that we hope um, will change sometime soon or just improve. So, yeah. So thank you, everybody, who's been listening. It's, it's been just amazing. And I, I love the fact how... Um, Amy and I, we just talk about things that we have no one else to talk about, so we kind of like rant it all out in the pod, and it goes by so quickly, and hopefully people are enjoying it. Um, well, with that, um, our follow-up podcast, I'm, since we have you here, there was a historic game between Tigres Femenina and Houston Dash. It was kind of like a little mini interleague um, that they had. First of all, what, how, how did those two teams just, is a friendly, just all of a sudden decided to play, and why? Um well, Tigres didn't have any activity uh, this week because of the FIFA friendlies for the Women's League. So no okay. activity for the Women's League this, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, most players were called up for the, for the national team with Christopher Cuellar, but um, they actually didn't call up anyone from Tigres. And so they just took advantage of having no tournament this weekend and said, hey, let's just have the first ever 
Liga MX versus NWSL in Mexico because um, oddly enough, it was Monterrey who actually had uh, a game last year in Texas. They played, um, I think it was also Houston, and they played another team. Uh, I think it was Dallas. So, But ne- we've never had an NWSL team come down here and just play any team. So it was amazing to see that. Um, especially just, I think it was really good. I mean, sadly, it, like the bad thing is um, most people were watching the Tigres game um, during the. It was about the same time, so people were kind of looking into the men's uh, games at that point. And you had Cruz Azul América almost at the same time, and Chivas Pumas. So probably that that wasn't the best idea, but still, I think it was a, a great turn uh, turnout for the stadium. It was um, a bit over eight thousand people went to the game. I was really curious because, I mean, we have no way of actually knowing how well the, the league over here is doing because mm-hmm. it has never faced any other league. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, we had to take into consideration NWSL has had um, activity, I think it's been like almost 10 years, I think. Um, Liga MX is only its fifth tournament so far. Um, we have U- mostly U23 players, I mean, U24 players. We have no foreign players. Um, so things that make it quite different. So it, it was great to actually have someone to compare it to. Yeah. I think it went quite well. I, I was happy with Tigres because this is like an institution that has been so amazing with with the Liga MX Femenil. Um, they have an amazing roster. They're the powerhouse of Liga MX. So it was actually great to have your probably one of your top three teams represent the league against uh, a club from another league. And how did it go as far as the game? It was pretty good. Um, I think Houston was actually a lot better in the starting, uh, specifically in the first half. Um, But, I mean, if you look at Tigres, I think they took advantage of the fact that they were the home team. I think they kind of gradually grew into the game and had a better performance um, going into the second half. Um, And it was great to see players like Lisbeth Ovalle, like Katy Martinez, face players from Houston Dads that have had international experience, U.S. national team experience. That, that was really great. I think it was an overall success. I just hope that more teams um, try to make that connection with other clubs and other leagues and start inviting them and, and uh, also traveling. I mean, it would be great to see them also travel to the U.S. Um, more often. And, of course, with something that's so great. Yeah, then that uh, happens. It's like the news that comes out. It wasn't a historic match between two different you know nations. Um, what ruled the the air that you know the news was a picture of a fan when a Houston Dash player right came in and took a selfie uh, with a fan, and you just see this fan grabbing, um, as we all can see, the chest of the player and. Just kind of just, and everyone kind of just talking about that, and and as, yeah. as we should, but it it just kind of goes to to show, like just here's something good, and then what rules some idiot fan who th- try to be whatever, you know, taking a picture, and then there's so many people there grabbing the the chest of the player, and you just kind of see it, and it just kind of makes you sad because that's yeah. what came out of all of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tigres one two to one instead of talking specifically about this and how much the league has grown and the players and how much it means to have that historical first match in Mexico. We're all talking about this, uh, this situation. I mean, I haven't seen um, anything uh, that Sofia Huerta has published. She, she was a player that was sadly involved in this situation. Um, Dash has been, I mean, also, they haven't published anything. They haven't asked about anything, but I was... I mean, despite all this, I was quite happy with the way Tigres reacted because after that picture um, became viral in social media and everyone was looking at it and just saying how disgusting it was and how angry we all we all, all we all are, um, I, Tigres came forward and said, "Okay, whoever can identify this person, um, this not, not even a fan, like this pseudo fan, because he's not even a fan anymore. He's not considered a fan." Um, please come forward. They gave a, a, a telephone number where you can send information through WhatsApp and just that, that fan won't be allowed into any games at all. Men, women, the, any of the club facilities, he'll be banned for life. Yeah. Um, and they'll also proceed legally. They're, they're, they're looking into doing something legally. So, I mean, I'm really happy they came forward with that. Um, some other clubs actually congratulated on that. I saw Queretaro saying, this is what we should do, and hopefully this will never happen again, but we're really happy that you guys are taking this stand. So, yeah. Unfortunate, you know, but it, it, it just kind of goes to shows. And guys that are listening on the, on this, you know, it's um, 
the very first thing that when you kind of see that, and not to take so much to talk about it, but I, I it's something that we got to mention. You know, uh, you look at the Twitter comments and it's like, well, it could be that he, you know, he it was a mistake because he was looking at the camera and he grabbed their chest. Um, or, you know, he didn't, you know, it was just, again, a mistake or he slid his hand or it was at the complete spot where he was maybe moving it. And granted that that could be it. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't know, which is, come on, every guy knows where where that's at, even if, if you're looking at the picture. But I kind of asked Adriana and I kind of looked at this where, why did he have to grab anyways? It's like, here's, that's, that's the culture that we're at, right? Like, we need to eliminate that that he could just put his face and and click and the camera clicked and the selfie's there but no he he had to grab the player in front of him and even if it was the waist i think it was still uncalled for if the picture depicted something even if his hand was down a little bit further and, and looking at his waist it's still not right to grab a player like that and i think that's where we got to consider where us guys don't think about that and you know, you women and ladies that are listening, uh, you go through that all the time. And I'm glad that teams are going and stepping up and saying, regardless of if his intention, it's still wrong. You shouldn't grab players like that. We, it's kind of we see, you know, women and, and female journalists, right? When they're when they're talking and they're in the streets, guys coming up and hugging them or kissing them. It's this culture that we have that we that that we have that, and it's I'm glad it, it's being public it's sad but we have to mention and, and it's sad that, that that came out yeah i mean it was just it, it just it didn't put everything to waste but it kind of feels that way mm-hmm. yeah um because we're, we're not talking about the game at all almost so um i mean sad i hope whatever happens it never happens again because again it just comes to show that what was a really good effort from the club's to have this game, to have some like, like really amazing uh, opportunity for both sides to meet and face each other, um, it it would just yeah it, it's like kind of overturned because of what we're talking about this because of some sick person that thought this was okay. This was okay. All right. Well, anyways, uh, we'll continue to. to Call it a win. Hopefully it happens more often. Hopefully we see that. I mean, it was televised um, and uh, the excitement's there. People were there and and hopefully it continues to grow and there are more of these types of matches between two teams and who knows, rivalries will start, right? And people will start to get into it and, and get to know other players and then, um, you know, that's how the sport grows. So I think it'd be, it'd be awesome. Um, switching along, coming along in our final segments, we obviously have to talk about Liga Ibequis in a crazy weekend that we had in especially at least one game in particular, um, where America and Cruz Azul faced each other. And it, it, I was watching the game, but I was also kind of doing some work and I'm like, okay, it's your normal game. Okay. America's going to win. And, um, oh wow. Cruz Azul scored. Oh wow. America's came back. America came back. And it, it was just a crazy game after that red card. Um, from people blaming Ochoa somehow to <laughs> Mr. Piojo and what he said to the to the arbitros and now his three game suspension and his apology. I mean, it can't it couldn't be a more crazy weekend Liga Mekis. But one thing we gotta say is congratulations to Cruz Azul fans. Congratulations to you guys because finally, I think the term Cruz Azuliada, Cruz Azuliada is kind of just in the background. I'm not saying it's going to go away, but hey, I got to clap. Hey, you won. I really thought that Cruz Azul fans were going to kind of wake up and be like, oh, this is all a dream. But to you, Adriana, <laughs> America, Cruz Azul, an entertaining game. I'm not a fan of either. So for me, it was fun watching. I wanted more goals. I wanted to see where it went. But um, it's, I thought it was a good game. I thought it was amazing. I mean, just remembering that a week ago, America beat Chivas 4-1. to one, and yeah. They had the whole Giovanni incident. And then a week later, we get this crazy 5-2 to two win for Cruz Azul, um, which, by the way, that never scored five goals against America. Never, uh, ever in history, huh? Never, never. Hmm. It, it, it just didn't seem... I mean, who honestly bet on Cruz Azul this weekend? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, America just came in as a way stronger team. Um, I mean, the squad, Siboldi still kind of trying to make his way with Cruz Azul. Um, and then, I mean, at first I saw Cata Dominguez's goal, and I was like, oh, wow, that was really quick. I mean, is, yeah. may, may, maybe they'll get like a, like a draw or something. <laughs> and then, like, four, minute, like, four minutes, America gets two goals. And two goals like, in five oh, minutes. We're, we're, yeah, it's yeah, we're, typical. We're back to normal. Typical. Yeah, back to normal, yeah. And then, again, you have all these goals, oh, Cruz Azul, being Cruz Azul and everything. And then that second half, that was just crazy. I mean, Roger Martinez was sent off. 
Um, and then you've got Aguilar, um, Alvarado, and, and Dorbelin getting those goals um, with Cabecita at the end. That was just, I mean, that was just crazy. I mean, nowhere in, in anybody's dreams could that have happened. I mean, Cruz Azul is not this team that you remember by coming back from losing 2-1 to one and be, winning anybody 3-2 <laughs> to two or 4-3 th- or, or whatever. So I was really amazed. I'm happy for Cruz Azul. Um, it seems that they're psyched as well because they're actually going back to practice until Thursday. So they got like four days off. That's yeah. pretty cool for them. Um, it kind of makes us, I mean, I saw many people talking about, well, maybe Cruz Azul will make it to the Liguilla. I think it's kind of soon to actually assume that still. I mean, I, I don't want to like take away any credit, but it does seem more like this game was an accident more than something <laughs> that was actually going to happen. It's a good. It's a good way to you know. Obviously, with the coach changing and um, yeah, I I wouldn't say yeah, Cruz Azul is well. I guess not back from that season where they were you know the leader and um what well, they had they've had to struggle. That's why there's a coach and changing and all that's happening in 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 inside uh, Cruz Azul and all the offices and everything. But it's 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 positive. It's huge because you, this is what can get you the change for the follow for you know for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. right? And um. It's it's powerful. You believe in yourself. Players believe in themselves. Look what what we did to a good America team. Granted, I think America beat themselves. I think that have not seen the defense. It's just horrendous of what happened. And obviously, the you know being one man, um, just kind of everybody in America just kind of let go after that game. They just couldn't allow it. And then obviously all those goals. So uh, I'm kind of with you there. I, I have not said this is. Teacher, I mean, um, Cruz Azul is back. I do have to point out that at the beginning of the season, when we all did our little, um, who you think is going to win, who do you, th- what's first coach is going to be uh, taken out, the surprise team of the season, I put Cruz Azul. So, oh really? Yeah, I did. I'm, <laughs> I'm like Cruz Azul is going to surprise us. Watch. So I'm, I'll continue to keep that as a win for me. But um, uh, if it's already a surprise that they're able to do that. But yeah. um, interesting enough, Liga Mekis is going to Liga Mekis. And it's going to yeah. surprise you no matter what weekend it is. And another you know, result, everybody's hoping for Veracruz to finally win, right, after so many games. And then in the 85th minute, you know, Leon ties it up in the worst, in a way where you'd have never thought the shortest player, I don't know if he's the shortest player or not, but... You know, Chapito Montes, one of the shortest, one of the yeah, shortest player. You know, heading the ball over Cruz Azul, and it just goes to show what is happening. I mean, uh, over Veracruz, just kind of goes to show what is happening there. Um, and, and that, so it's it, like I said, Liga MX is going to Liga MX. It's going to be surprising, and nothing goes as planned. I mean, I have to be honest. I actually put Veracruz winning not this weekend, but last week against Toluca. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of psyched that they went into the like ninety first minute and they were winning. I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening! I am a genius!" Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then that goal came in like ninety third minute by Toluca, seventeen year old guy, like first goal in Liga MX. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Veracruz's luck." Yeah, okay, yeah. never mind. Um, and then like the same thing happens with Leon. I mean, again, you were winning a game. And again, in like the final 10 minutes, you lose it. I mean, I remember Sebastián Jurado like going off the field two weeks ago crying. I mean, he's so desperate to get that win. Um, and, and it really is frustrating because he really is the team's best player. But he's also the one you kind of think about the most when, whenever you have this amazing losing streak. So uh, it, it's just amazing for Veracruz. They face Tigres this weekend, so <laughs> doesn't doesn't look like that streak's going to end anytime soon. But... Um, they do face Chivas at the end of the season, and I'm really sad to say it does seem like that's like their best possibility yet. They face Puebla in a couple of weeks as well. That, that could be it. I mean, it's three weeks from now they face Puebla, so maybe Puebla, maybe. Oh gosh, Veracruz. Yeah. So the streak is what thirty? I think it's like thirty-seven by now. I, mean, I actually need to count. I lost count after like thirty. I think it was or something. <laughs> I think we all did. We, we were expecting it to make it to the year. And then after that, we were like, oh, okay, it's, it's been a year already. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, all right. What else in Liga MX that uh, made news? Um, not a lot of people are talking about it. Sadly, not enough Chivas, but yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Didn't get a lot. Of the list. Okay, question. Who is the top Mexican scorer of the league right now? Oh, is it Alan Pulido? It's Alan Pulido. Yeah, I, I was 
I remember hearing something about that. It sounded almost like a joke. <laughs> you know, for, for a guy that everyone just jokes, that he doesn't take serious, that he's there, that he talks too much, he's not a good player, there isn't a Mexican striker better than him in the league. No, I mean, it, it's amazing, and it's kind of, like, ridiculous how his best moment with Chivas comes at the team's worst moment. So I don't know if it's because of that. I don't know <laughs> if it's just, like, cruel irony. Um I mean, Chivas is in such a delicate position right now. I mean, if it weren't for Veracruz, I mean, Chivas is the next team to face relegation. So, I mean, it's just terrible to think that a team as Chivas that is known for creating really good young players that had such an amazing youth system that was actually the base of the national team for so many years. And now you're depending on Alan Pulido, who, yes, you bought from Tigres, coming in from Greece, finally having a really good season, but it's Chivas' like worst season. Well, one one of Chivas' worst yeah. seasons in like the last three years. Well, since the, the title, right? Since, since the championship. Yeah, since the championship, yeah. So uh, it, it's just so frustrating because, especially when you see how well some of the players are doing once they left Chivas. I mean, Macias is, ob- is like obviously the one we, we look at most. And you're like, man, we let that player go, really? And then you look into Pizarro and maybe you look into Saldivar and you start looking at Cota and you're like, Damn, I mean, what, what were we thinking? What, where did all these things go wrong? I mean, you have these really good players, and you all let them go. Mm-hmm. There wasn't yeah. a loss. They had not, they were they're down a man. You know, it's just positives. I don't believe the scoring. I mean, it's it's that's about it. Bulls. Oh yeah, well, they they you, you're usually um, crying, Adriana. Like you're just like, I can't take it anymore. Another loss. It's it's, so it's horrible. Like this, you should just look at this. This is a you, little you bit positive. You know what the thing is? It, they don't really have that terrible. It, I mean, you look at the squad. And it's, they it's, never it's do. A good squad. They yeah. never do. They've never. I've never looked at the Chivas team going, dude. It's because their players suck. They always have really good players. Yeah, that, that's the, what's even more frustrating. You have like other teams that have like worse squads and they do better. <laughs> you got um, I mean. Let's. I mean, it's not 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 to, like, with all due respect to Querétaro, but Querétaro has been doing like way yeah, better this you, season. You, the <laughs> Querétaros, the Monarcas, the Necaxas. They're, you know, I I put them at these teams where because I don't know that many fans on them, and it's fine. Like, even Puebla out there, right? Like they do have yeah. they do great for the in the begin like the middle of the season, and everyone's talking about them, and none of them make it. Like rarely, yeah. you know, Necaxa, Monarcas. Uh, Puebla, Querétaro. was the last time they won? Uh, all, not all of them. Like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So you have those, right? Then you have like, you know, Santos, León, Tijuana, who, uh, hey, they they could they could become it could be a winning season for them, and maybe not Club Tijuana anymore, but they could, right? Yeah, I mean, it could happen. Yeah. And then you and then you have like the really bad ones, like the Atlas and the. <laughs> I mean, put San Luis in there, but whatever. And then you just have the depressing ones who are... You know how, <laughs> go ahead. You know what's really funny? How all these rumors started coming up saying that they're going to sell the team at the beginning of next year. And then Amaury Vergara had to post a tweet saying, um, don't believe the rumors. Any information you need is right here. Like if it was like like one of those signs you put on the lawn when you're selling a house, and he did that like with a sign in front of the Akron, um, and he tweeted that out. And then people were actually tweeting him, "No, no, no! But please reconsider. Please, do, sell no, do sell the team. Please do sell the team." Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Well, next week, um, I guess Monterrey Guadalajara would be probably the best game. So Puebla Atlas. I'm just gonna keep that as as that's a Friday. Uh, Santos in Tijuana. On Friday, Veracruz Tigres, which it's, oh my gosh, Veracruz get ready. If Veracruz wins, oh my gosh, that, this is where like Liga MX is, is is Liga MX. Watch watch <laughs> Veracruz somehow win this match. That'd be hilarious. That uh, would be hilarious. We'll see what Cruz Azul has after a win against Monarcas, Pachuca, and Juarez. We'll play on Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Necaxa Club América. The suspension of. Mr. Piojo, and see if they can buy, <laughs> they can bounce back. Uh, you have Leon Pumas to continue to see where Le- Leon was going, and um, they need they keep tying. There's no wins, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that goes. Uh, Atlético San-, San Luis Querétaro, and on Sunday the last game, which everyone's going to be looking at Guadalajara and Monterrey. I'm actually, you know what? I'm actually picking Guadalajara to win. Dun, dun, I-, I was actually counting how many. Losses, Veracruz. I think they're up to thirty-nine. <laughs> so, 40 se pierde la cuenta, lo que dijo mi abuelita. 
it's it's tigres so no no <laughs> watch that, that, yeah me you that, and i will, be well you and i will jump on a little quick pod if, if yeah if veracruz wins just yeah, we be will. like there we go what okay. do we think about all right guys that is uh, our show we had a lot of topics going exactly an hour there's 20 seconds here on the timer that's telling us that we have an hour so Adriana, I want to thank you one more time. We don't get to hear you here on the Mexican Soccer Show. I know that you are doing an excellent job there at the NA. You're working a ton. When we're talking about your schedules, you like, it takes you like an hour, all the subway, traveling all in Mexico City, and you're doing all this great work with Tudena. So it's just awesome to have you and give you the time here on the Mexican Soccer Show. I want to thank you for continuing to be a part of it. and. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen more often. I promise. I'll, okay. I'll All right. Switch yeah. some things around. I'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make sure. <laughs> the cool thing is that you guys don't have is that I have. We have a great chat with Adriana and Tom and Cesar and Amy. If there's anything that comes out of this, it's the fact that we are all talking about soccer and all of the, all these topics on our own so hopefully that gets get published because it's hilarious um but uh, that's you know if anything positive comes out so Adriana, thank you so much for joining us for all of you guys continue to uh obviously if it's uh retweet and like any of 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 the content we have with mexican soccer show and uh send us your questions and we- tell us where you're listening from if you've made it this far of the pod where are you listening from we'll see who's the the fan that's listening to, I know we have some in Australia and New Zealand. So if you're listening outside of the US, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, let us know where you're listening from because I know there's some people that listen to us all over the world. Um, Adriana, again, thank you. And we'll be back next week with uh, the Mexican Soccer. We'll show who's on it. And again, thanks again to Amy for putting it all together and producing it and putting it up. Hasta la próxima. Bye.